Welcome to the Hell of a Catholic Podcast. I'm TJ Capaldi, former pastor of Lackey here at the Georgia Tech Catholic Center and current seminarian for the Archdiocese of Atlanta. My name is Alex Carroll. I'm a missionary with an organization called Focus, and I work here at Georgia Tech. Father Josh, the chaplain here at Georgia Tech. I'd like to start by asking TJ, why is he still here? He keeps saying former pastoral life. <laughs> well, uh, former well, Georgia Tech. Funny you mention that. There's Father. a lot of formers in your curriculum vitae. Yes, there are. I think that's true of most people's uh, resumes, actually. <laughs> Uh, if you think about a resume, it's almost entirely composed of things that you have formerly done. But that's besides the point. I am still here because uh, my orientation for seminary begins on Monday, and it's currently Friday, and I'll leave here tomorrow. Uh, so I have been welcomed into the Catholic Center as my temporary home while I'm homeless. And... Uh, any other questions, Father Josh? I have many questions. <laughs> what are we going to talk about we'll, today? We'll have to save them for another podcast. But as for today, we're going to talk about those who, through no fault of their own, do not know the gospel of Jesus Christ and his church. And how this? Uh, what are the implications of this for them in terms of their eternal salvation? Okay. So are we talking about people, you want to talk about people who don't know the gospel at all, or who don't know it to the extent that Catholics know it? What would you like to talk about? I would like to talk about those who through no fault of their own, <laughs> let me, all right, those who through no fault of their own do not know the gospel of Christ or his church. So I'm trying to get you to clarify that, I and mean, you've said that already, right? <laughs> Are we talking about, like, uh, pagans on an island that have never been visited by man? Or are we talking about Protestants? Um, or are we talking about something in between? I think something in between. Uh, I think, and and maybe there, it's a circle that might incorporate some Protestants, might not. I think whether, the question is whether or not the gospel of Jesus Christ or his church, right, has been like those things have been explained to people in a compelling way. Okay. This may be a baseline. Let me keep let me keep clarifying because I want to make sure we hit the topic you want to hit. A popular question that I get here yes. at Georgia Tech is Father, my brother doesn't believe in God anymore. What's gonna happen to him? Mm. Is that what you want to talk about? Or do you want to talk about somebody who's really never been introduced to the gospel? I, I want to talk about this the, the latter. Okay, so what you want to talk about is somebody who's rejected the gospel. No. The, the latter is the one who really hasn't Oh, who's just never it. been introduced to the gospel at all. Right, which I think is more people than we think it is. Okay. Uh, Who that is exactly, I mean, I'm not willing to say. We can kind of describe it in more detail, um, but... Yeah, maybe we should describe it in more detail, because that seems very, very easy to me. Okay. If you've never had exposure to the gospel, like zero exposure to the gospel, the church is very clear on this point, and that is that as long as you live in accord with the natural law, then the possibility of salvation is open for you. Okay, so I guess my my question there would be, what uh, what constitutes having heard the gospel? What constitutes um, having been introduced to 
uh, the church that Jesus Christ founded. Well, so now that's why that's why I'm asking these other questions, right? Mm-hmm. So if we're talking about somebody who's never heard the gospel, right? So let's start there. Yeah. Someone who's okay, not so even heard a hint in you know some Papua island that we haven't even Papua New Guinea, right? Sure. We ha- nobody's ever. I had think a we've reached Papua well, New you know Guinea. I mean. Yeah, no, I, actually, I had a seminary professor who was a uh, Franciscan, um, a, a Capuchin, who spent time at Papua New Guinea. So I, I think the gospel has in fact reached there. But if there were such a thing as an island that, like for instance, how about Native Americans before? The, uh, the the before the settlers showed up right? before Joseph Smith before uh, Joseph Smith before the well and Joseph Smith that's complicated too because they say that well we don't have to get that's, to that's another podcast well, that's, that's not like you're canoes sailing over from from Israel yeah. and they upset the arch archangel Moroni and they forget can it, we not and bring a Mormon in one and, podcast yeah we don't have, like to have one another, podcast that's another bro. podcast I might okay. edit this out so. Uh, Civilization that hasn't been reached. Civilization that hasn't been reached. The only measure of, I mean, so we got to ask the. See, I think that kind of brings up a, 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 a even an even bigger question, right? What about people who lived and died before Christ ever came? They weren't Jews. Mm-hmm. So what about all the people like so Abraham? He's called out of this area. Uh, in fact, in today's readings, today for Maximilian Colby, I think it wasn't for Maximilian Colby, but for the Friday of today, whatever it is, mm-hmm. uh, it was it, talking about how Abraham was called from the area beyond the river. Right. Right? So he's called from this area beyond the river, and he's called into Israel, well, not Israel at the time, Canaan, and that is the point that God begins to reveal himself. Well, what about all the people Abraham left behind? Hmm. We say, and they have no chance. Now, I'll tell you this, there are people who would say they have no chance. There are people who would say that, that they're in hell, period. True. Because unless you're baptized, you go to hell. Wow. But that's not fair. That's bleak. No I, don't, I don't even know what to say to that kind of response. <laughs> but why? Like, I just got a vision of TJ Capaldi <laughs> when he was five years old with his arms crossed looking at his mom, who's telling him that, yes, you have to brush your teeth. And he said, that's not fair. <laughs> but I she said, well, TJ, actually, you might have gotten the full name for that one. Theodore James. Theodore James Capaldi, you will brush your teeth. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, but I think uh, we did another podcast recently. I don't know if it's been released yet at this point, but it was actually about... he does know because he's the one that releases them. But... He's making a point. That's fine. No, by the time this one's been released, I don't know if that <laughs> one will have been released. But it was about Abraham and Isaac, and we talked about the implications of what happened with Abraham and Isaac um, on who God is, right? So, if those people, in fact, by virtue of the fact of having existed, because God made them exist before God began revealing Himself to man just have no chance of anything better than like eternal damnation and like eternal suffering and like hellfire that that doesn't seem like a god i'm interested in it's like, not a, i don't i don't know that i would make it a matter of fairness it's not rational right it's not rational god is rational he is reason you know, he's not going to do something that is irrational. He might do something that's greater than what our reason would point to, mm-hmm. but divine reason is is greater and bigger and more comprehensive than we can imagine. Okay, so 
what the church has said, and Lumen Gentium said this very clearly, um, that Lumen Gentium from the Second Vatican Council said that those who, through no fault of their own, have not received the gospel, as long as they have lived in accordance with the natural law, the possibility of salvation is open to them. That's what the Gentium team says. Now, you want to really get into what that says? It doesn't say a whole lot. Yeah. Right? Because what they're saying is someone who has had, through no fault of their own, has not heard the gospel, fine. We admit that there are those possibilities. Somebody before Jesus, for instance. That's easy, sure. right? Yeah. No fault of their own. They have not heard the gospel. As long as they've lived in accord with the natural law. The natural law covers almost every area of your life. It's not like the natural law just covers a few things. Mm-hmm. The natural law covers almost everything except for like the direct worship of God. Everything else is basically a precept of the natural law. So if you're living in accordance with the natural law, if you have had no opportunity to know Christ, then the possibility of salvation is open to you. Well, what does that mean? <laughs> Question mark. I think we probably could have said the possibility of salvation is open before we put the caveats on it. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. So, like, what, is it, what does it mean? So, here's, here's actually a direct quote from Lumen Gentium. Those who, through no fault of their own, do not know the gospel of Christ or his church, but who nevertheless seek God with a sincere heart and moved by grace, try in their actions to do his will as they know it through the dictates of their conscience. Those two may achieve eternal salvation. Maybe. May. Yeah. That, I don't know, it's not super reassuring. No. Right? I think what we do is we run into a problem here. The gospel and Jesus Christ, he came to this world to show us the sure path to salvation. Not to point out all the exceptions. Right. You know, it's like you come and tell me I want to become a great golfer. And I'm going to tell you, okay, hit 1,000 balls a day on the range and putt 200 balls a day on the range and never miss that ever. And you know what? you got a darn good chance of becoming a good golfer. Now, does that mean that that's the only way? No. I mean, surely somebody could have just natural talent, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but generally speaking... That's how it's going to happen. The thing is, the church doesn't know. We stand in a position of, it's a cloud of unknowing. God has not revealed everything to us. He has only revealed what he's revealed. And what he has revealed is that this is the path of salvation. Sure. And when we step too far afield trying to make strong statements either way, mm-hmm. um, we're stepping well outside the bounds of what God has given us permission to talk about. And the same as when we try to make exemptions and and uh, for people who are outside of, of that that thin road, that narrow gate. Um. Yeah, we also have this problem, right? You know, there's all these kind of quotations in the scriptures that make us think that no, you know, you kind of kind of be in the fold, right? Yeah. Um, like baptism is the path to salvation, unless unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. Bold statement. And it's not like you've got some life, and I'm going to grow the <laughs> life so that when you die, it's all going to be okay. Like he mm-hmm. doesn't say that. He says, "Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you." 
Well, what if I know someone who di- who who's passed away already, who's dead, who never they they've read that scripture passage, but it never occurred to them. No one in their life ever thought to explain it to them in a different way that that had anything to do with the Holy. I universe. definitely think people who have through an error or who have been deliberately misled, right? That's a whole other situation. But, like, if you kind of, if you read it and you're like, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, and you don't come up with some sort of way to understand that, uh, I mean, I don't know. To, to me, that, that seems problematic. Hmm. Uh, you got, I, I, I mean, I will, I will make it very clear. I am not a, I am not one of those most people are going to hell kind of priests. I'm not that kind of guy. Yeah. Um, but when you start thinking about it, yeah, we can talk about chances. We can talk about probabilities. We can talk about things like that. This, for instance, listen, I will go to my grave absolutely believing that an unbaptized child who dies in the womb goes to heaven. Yeah. I will always believe that. But the church has not said that. Mm-hmm. The church has not said that. That is not within the realm of what the church has proposed and said as definitive. The church has said, we have every reason to believe and to hope for the salvation of infants who die in the womb, like a miscarriage, right? We have every reason to hope for that. I read it, and I think to myself, this is, it's its open and shut. Like, there's no possible way. Yeah. But the fact is, Christ didn't come to tell us about the exceptions. He didn't come to say, come and follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men, unless you want to do something else, in which case I'll kind of work with you. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'll he meet you halfway. say that. Yeah. Um, he gave us the path that exists, and I think this brings us to a more interesting question. I think a question that pertains to your job. Um, yeah, I was I was just going to make that same yeah, pointing to Alex turn. Right? Yeah, uh, and that is if we believe that, if we believe, and this is kind of the funny thing, right? So you get these you get these Catholics who take a very strong position on salvation, and when I say strong position, I mean that very that that a lot of people aren't going to be saved, mm-hmm. right? And then you say, well, okay, what are you doing about that? You know, because this teaching is directly tied to the missionary activity of the church. Absolutely. That we are called to go out and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Not like getting them to believe generally in the goodness of God. Mm. Not getting them to, you know, reform basically their ways, but stay in their own way of life. We're called to present the gospel to people and to baptize people. Now, this is not something we force upon people. You you cannot force someone. Each of us is made in the image and likeness of God. We have freedom. That freedom is something that must be absolutely respected. But all too often, what we do is we don't even propose to people. We don't even propose. We don't even propose it to people. And what we're is it just to clarify? I mean, we're saying that if we're why are we not even proposing this to people even even people that we already know never mind meeting a stranger on the street if you know just by kind of a short investigation we found that you know there's not exactly um there's probably not a lot of security in the exception any of the exceptions right uh well how about this how about how about the absurdity of one who will claim that very few will be saved. And then they go about not fulfilling 
the great commission of Jesus Christ, <laughs> who said, go forth and make disciples of all nations, not some, all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So you're going to say that not many are going to be saved, but you're, you yourself are going to violate or not fulfill a commandment of Jesus Christ, a the direct commandment of Jesus Christ. Like, I don't know, like in your brain, you say to yourself, <laughs> well, that commandment's not important. Well, if you're going to say that, then if you're going to give yourself a pass, logic demands that you give everybody else a pass, too. Yeah. Mm. I'm not well, saying you should give yourself a pass. No, absolutely. But I, I do think it's humorous. I very rarely talk to someone who gets wrapped up in the question of whether a lot of people are going to be saved, who's actually involved in the process oh, of legitimately trying to present the gospel to other people. Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts, but I'm curious to see what Alex has to say about this as well. Um, the thing that first pops into mind is this: when we when we are talking about the gospel, and like it's a difficult thing to share, right? So it's a, it's a very personal thing. It's something with great gravity. It is something that a lot of people are opposed to, and so it's something that we're afraid to share with other people. And so whenever we talk about people outside of the church and salvation, there is something to overcome whenever we do share the gospel. It will never be easy, right? But what... Okay, before you go on. Okay. What is it that we have to overcome? Our own fear, our own anxieties, of our what? own rejection and... Of being rejected. Yeah. Not because... We're not afraid the gospel is going to be oh, rejected. Oh, no, 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 no. We're afraid that we're going to be rejected. Absolutely, yeah. So it's already an interior problem. Jesus has already promised us that we're going to be rejected. <laughs> like, he promised us that. Yeah. I just read it this morning. I was doing my holy hour. St. Paul in the first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 4. Sucks. He talks about it. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay, you will be you. rejected. Yeah. And we're worried about it. Yeah. But I was my mind. I'm worried about it, too. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> it's a common problem. But I, I also find how, uh, how interesting it is when people go... And just experience just like everyday things, like a good movie. We saw Mission Impossible the other day. I've already told like five people how great the Mission Impossible movie was and that they should go see it. And so if our lives are like really transformed by the gospel, if we truly believe in the saving power that is Jesus Christ and his church, how can we, how can we logically say to ourselves, I'm going to tell five people about Mission Impossible today and not tell a single person in our entire lifetime about what salvation is, about who Jesus is, about about their eternal salvation, it's an interesting... Or, or even 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 just something like what he's doing in your life. Yeah. Right? Not even them. Now, don't even apply to the other person to say, my life has been changed because of Jesus. But we still are afraid to say that. Which sucks. And I am too. I'm not above that at all. But it's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting kind of problem that we're willing to share with people. Restaurant suggestions and all these other things, but we're not going to tell people about what is literally the most important thing that we will ever do in our entire lives. So there's a there's a bigger question here of uh, that is kind of maybe a prerequisite to the podcast maybe, um, but to to this particular topic I mean is like so we've talked about okay there's all these exceptions we don't have too much to say about the exceptions there's this whole missionary aspect of the church which is. I think very important for us to talk about, mm-hmm. um, which both of those, especially that second thing, could be its whole a whole other multiple po- series of podcasts sure. about how to go about doing that. Um, I'm curious as to whether um, what is what are we saying that the that Christ has proposed? So essentially, you know, maybe I'm listening to this podcast 
and I'm not sure if I'm uh, in the fold, so to speak. Like, what should I be most concerned about? You know, because I think those are questions that maybe come up when we have this conversation about, you know, <laughs> who's qualified <laughs> for eternal salvation, yeah. right? Because then, then we have to turn that on ourselves. Is, is that, like, am I doing all right? Like, what do I, you know, have I heard the gospel? Do I really know what I'm getting myself into? Um, well, I think, so this is where, so if we push things to an extreme, there is no one on the face of the earth, no one, that if you didn't sit them down and really start hammering them, wouldn't by the end of the conversation question whether they themselves have any chance of salvation. Yeah. Right? I mean, one of the dictates of our Lord in the Sermon on the Mount is be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. We can have a podcast on that, right? But let's at least admit that Jesus just required you to do something that you can't do. You can't be perfect like your heavenly Father. And yet he just asked you to do it. That's an interesting problem that we could talk about this some other time. Sure. But if we take that kind of as a standard, well, everybody falls short of that. Yeah. Everybody falls short of that standard. Anybody who doesn't think they fall short of that standard, they're so far short of that standard, they probably ought not to be thinking about other people. You know, <laughs> They probably need to get themselves to confession. We have to remember that God's primary action in the world is mercy. His primary action in the world is mercy. And none of us are going to be perfect. So the problem is, is you get into this kind of conversation, and if you're not careful, you make everybody feel so comfortable that they don't yeah. do anything. Right. right? <laughs> oh, <laughs> mercy. Know? Don't worry about it. Oh, God, yeah. God's so merciful. He loves me so much. Yeah. And blah, blah, blah. Yeah, he does, right? Mm. He loves you so much just in the same way that the mother loves her son so much that she won't open the door when he's banging on the door looking for money to support his drug habit, right? She loves him enough where she's willing to let him follow that path up to and including death, but knowing that she can't can't participate in that. That's the way God loves you, right? He loves you like that. But that mercy that he shows to us, he knows, like, if we're trying, if we're really trying, there is an there's an objective line that we would call mortal sin, right? Mm-hmm. There is an objective line. Which you've got to be above that line, right. right? But exactly where that line is is not always the easiest thing to figure out. Sure. Um, the grave matter is easy to figure out, but yeah. your level of consent and all that kind of stuff is, is not as easy. <laughs> which we which we briefly explored on other podcasts. <laughs> it was, Probably. It's a bit of a mess. But. <laughs> well, so we're not going to talk about that. Uh, but... When we, when we consider, like, what is it we're called to do? Who are we called to be as Christians? Like, God is going to be merciful. He expects us to be following the natural law. He expects us to not be falling into grave sin all the time. And the fact is, if we want to be done with grave sin, we can be done with it. I know it is possible. I personally know it is possible. If we want to be done with it, we can be done with it. If we get to that point, then it's a matter of learning to love the way that we should, to trust in God's mercy, to trust that we're going to mess up a lot, but we have to just keep trying. 
I tell people, I've, I think I'm sure I've told, I've told TJ this, I'm sure, on a number of things, is that when you're learning how to teach people, when you're learning how to listen to people, when you're learning how to give advice, you mess up a lot. Yeah, especially you learn, if you're going to share the gospel, you're going to mess yeah, up too. You learn, yeah. by, you learn more by your failures than your successes. Your successes, we make this, we, we have this error and we think that, oh, I found the path to success because I was successful with this person. And in reality, you were one small cog in a long chain. Mm-hmm. You just happened to see the result. But your little cog didn't make that big a difference. Yeah. Right? And so we think, oh, this is what I need to do. But that's actually not what you need to do. What you need to do is love God, be yourself, and not be afraid to talk to people about it. Any other thoughts, gentlemen? I have many thoughts, but none that are appropriate for this podcast. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you for listening to the Hell of a Catholic podcast. If you have questions, comments, concerns, objections, if you want to send TJ hate mail, uh, podcast at gtcatholic.org. Thank you, and God bless you.